Welcome to the Pope on Film. I am Bunny Williams, and with me is... My name is Reverend Steve. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing, probably worth a, a, a Google. This is episode 266 of the podcast, and here's a fun tip for you, a nice life lesson, so a lesson to live by. Um, don't take a THC bath when you have only had four and a half hours of sleep. Uh-huh. That is what I learned today. It took a while for me to be able to um, sit up and say words. Oh. So this progress. That's a good thing. So, I'm a little bit out of it, but we're going to get through this together. Okay. okay. Yes, we will. Yes, you got this, Travis. Okay. Bunny! Yes! I wanted to start off this episode by going back to last week's movie, the 1979 comedy that's a bit light on laughs, Americathon. Yes. So while I was going over bits and pieces of info to use for the podcast, I came across a story, and I was going to mention it during our discussion of Americathon, but I thought that the story was big enough that 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 it needed its own space. Okay. So I bumped it to act one of the next episode, which is this episode, so that it can just have more room to breathe. So this is a, this is strange. It's a strange story, but let's talk about this. Ted Coombs. Okay. Ted Coombs. He's a celebrated scientist, artist, futurist, and author. In fact, he was one of the authors who started writing the first For Dummies books. Okay. Good. 95. So, so like 1995's Windows Programming for Dummies and, and stuff like that. Because originally it was just very technical computer books yeah. for like programmers and stuff. But like, hey, this stuff can be difficult. So here's a DOS programming for dummies. Yeah. And eventually the series expanded from computer books to books about everything. At work... At the bookstore that I used to work at, we actually had Farmville for Dummies. Yes. You remember that? When people were farming on their Facebook pages? Amazing. It's crazy. Facebook games. <laughs> was a... he, well, Ted Coombs is also well known for having a Guinness World Record... And uh, so it's 1979, and the U.S. energy crisis was in full swing. And Ted Coombs was living in Hollywood, and he was 25 years old, and he had a crazy idea to roller skate across the United States to protest the energy crisis? Okay. I'm not sure how... 
I'm not sure how or why anyone would think of doing that, but that makes but, me yeah, that he, makes he, me think that, that right was now. His idea, and so he that makes me think that right now he's not wearing a mask. That's my guess. Yeah, that's that's a possibility. What are you so, protesting? That there's an energy crisis? Know. Yeah. But that was his idea. And so he contacted a local radio station in L.A. And the radio station contacted uh, a film studio that was presently promoting the upcoming movie America-thon. So they sponsored Ted Coombs' attempt to roller skate across America because as it so happens they were already like in post-production in the film and they already had a character in the film that was kind of sort of doing that because they do have a boy that roller skates across America in America-thon. Yes. So the people who made America-thon said, you know what, you want to roller skate across America? Go for it. We'll sponsor you. This can be a great... So, uh... So, uh... They sponsored his attempt. He roller skated from a gas station in Hollywood and a big portion of the 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 cast was there. Like Harvey Corman sent him off. Yeah. On his quest. And so he left a gas station in Hollywood and eventually roller skated all the way to New York City where he was the guest of honor for a special Eddie Money concert. Oh. Big time, big time. And he actually attended the New York premiere of Americathon. Ted Coombs was quoted in People magazine at the premiere stating, quote, because apparently he's a futurist. So he was quoted in People magazine in 1979 as saying, quote, I believe that roller skating will be the transportation of the future. Which is so true. I Kick, roller skated to the studio. Sport of the future. Yeah. 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 I roller skated to the studio today to record this podcast. So it it, it was so difficult because there were so many other roller skaters on the streets, you know? So that makes sense. So I thought we should give more breathing room for the story of Ted Coombs because that's a phenomenal story. That's a ridiculous distance. I would get exhausted roller skating at Great Skate in Glendale, Arizona for two hours. I can't imagine skating from California to New York. And then eventually he he, he even tried to, to skate back because he wanted to get the the distance record for roller skating. And apparently a few years before someone had skated from Canada to San Diego. Yeah. And that's what he was attempting to to like break the record for. So he so Ted Coombs skated from California to New York and then tried to skate back, but he was being followed by like a like a van, you know, like a like a pace car or whatever that yeah. was following him on his journey, and it was in Mount Sterling, Missouri. So so. Ted Coombs roller skated from California to New York to Missouri, and then he tried to continue on with no van and ended up making it to Kansas before giving up. So he roller skated from California to New York to Kansas 
before giving up. The trip was 5,193 miles on roller skates. So, so just hats off to Ted Coombs, a true American hero. Yes. I dare say Ted Ted Coombs has done more for America than the, on his roller skates than Donald Trump has throughout his entire first term in <laughs> office. So off to Ted Coombs, a true American pioneer. Yeah, I, 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 say. I like the dummies books, you know. Um, oh, yeah. And especially for computer shit, it's like it's like okay, let me just grab this, and that's probably all I really need to know on this subject. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So he was one of the first who was working on that. So like, good for him, good for him. Yeah, but that's a ridiculous amount to. Well, what I want to hear is game. you. You know that there's got to be some shade between him and the. Uh, the the complete idiots guidebooks. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. It's got to be major shade going on there. I I I think we might have to do a, a bit for more investigation on this man. That's what I'm kind of wondering. From the war between the two series. Yeah, that's good thinking. Yes. I was going to write a huge episode of the podcast this week, uh, but that didn't happen. I ended up being sick for a good chunk of the week. So what do you do when you're too doubled over to write a podcast? You go right back to the well that is Chuck Klosterman. There you go. Essay entitled 23 Questions I Ask Everybody I Meet in Order to Decide If I Can Really Love Them from his legendary book, Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs. I've got some questions here, Bunny. Okay, hit me. Are you ready for some of these questions? I'm ready. Okay. Question. All right. Question number 18. You have won a prize. Uh, let me let me let me shrink this because I want to be able to see your face. Okay, there you go. You have won a prize. The prize has two options, and you can choose either one, but not both. The first option is a year in Europe with a monthly stipend of two thousand dollars. The second option is ten minutes on the moon. Which option do you select? That's I, I gotta go moon. I gotta go. Yeah, moon. I'm picking moon. Yeah, I'm picking moon. I, I I feel that I feel that that monthly stipend of two thousand dollars isn't going to go that far. No, when it comes to Europe and like. London and shit like that, you know, like you need a lot more money. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure, that's I, I would basically. The moon still? I would. I would basically be living the same in Europe as I would be living here. It's not like I'm gonna see the Eiffel Tower. I'm not gonna be able to fucking afford that on two thousand a month. You yeah. know. Yeah. I'm not gonna see yeah. London Bridge or anything like that. So I'm gonna see 
lower income European people and be like, there's a Starbucks. Okay, well, let's go to the French Starbucks. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Go, get me, my, a, go get me a Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. <laughs> my brother went to Europe for like three weeks and he said that one of the things that it took a while to get used to was the fact that like if you go to a fast food restaurant, you sit down and you're getting fast food that um, people in Europe will sit at any available seat even if... Like if you and I are at a booze together yeah. and someone sees an open seat right in front of us, they're going to sit with us, you know? Okay. They're like, Hey, here's a sit here. Hi, how are you doing? We're eating together now. <laughs> so, so I thought I always, I always think about that. I always think that's interesting. Okay. Question. Yeah, and I, and I this totally, is one of my favorites. I totally don't know how I feel about that. Whether I mean, like, that could be a nice way to meet some really cool people, but at the same time, like, leave me the fuck alone. You know, I'm torn between those yeah. two positions. Yeah. 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 It's weird. Okay. Question nineteen. One of my favorites. Your best friend is taking a nap on the floor of your living room. Suddenly, you are faced with a bizarre existential problem. This friend is going to die unless you kick them as hard as you can in the ribcage. If you don't kick them while they slumber, they will never wake up. However, you can never... Sorry about your ribs, dude. (laughs) However, you can never explain this to your friend. If you later inform them that you did this to save their life, they will also die from that. So you have to kick a sleeping friend in the ribs and you can't tell them why. Since you cannot tell your friend the truth, what excuse will you fabricate to explain this seemingly inexplicable attack? Oh, okay. So, okay, so whether we attack or not is not the question. What's our excuse? Dude, it was the biggest fucking spider. That's what I would go with. That's what I would go with. Yeah. Either that or hopefully like it's dark. Because if it's dark, I could just be like, oh, sorry, I tripped. Could always go with it was the dog. I was running to the bathroom. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Okay, here's another question. I love this one. I may have asked this one on the podcast before. God damn it. The coffee always beeps when I'm recording. What is with you, coffee? Okay, so I may have asked this one before, but question 20. For whatever the reason, two unauthorized movies are made about your life. The first is an independently released documentary primarily comprised of interviews with people who know you and bootleg footage from your actual life. Critics are describing the documentary as brutally honest and relentlessly fair. Meanwhile, 
Columbia TriStar has produced a big-budget biopic about your life, casting major Hollywood stars as you and all your acquaintances. Though the movie is based on actual events, screenwriters have taken some liberties with the facts. Critics are split on the artistic merits of this fictionalized account of your life, but audiences love it. Which film would you be most interested in seeing? Which one would I be most interested in seeing? Yes. In my me, mind, me without myself, a... and it's my movie. I, I'm going for the big production. Yeah, your life. I'm going yeah, for the I'm, big. I, I'm... I live the other shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely, I want to see how they would uh, Bohemian Rhapsody me. Yeah, I mean, me watching the other movie, the factual and brutally, like, to, that's Tuesday. I would be watching what I did Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not fucking much, and it's not really fucking interesting. <laughs> yeah, big budget. I, 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 yeah. I, I want to see I, I, Brad Pitt starring as me. But we would like to yeah, make him I'm up. Hoping, make him I'm up. hoping. And he would look like he would look exactly like me, and then he would want to win a fucking Oscar for that. Yeah. I'm hoping that my movie has a lot of explosions. Yeah. Yeah. That would be nice. I really hope they capture Bella properly as the artistic but tormented teen. Struggling with growing up in an unfamiliar world. I want a That's shot. What I, hope. I want a shot of me standing on top of the Capitol building, the burning Capitol building, and I, I got soot all yeah. over me and shit, and I'm just waving a goddamn giant. I'm hoping. Lay Miz. Lay Miz. I want. I want to be. I want to be a little Lay Mizzed. Yeah, I'm hoping that Natasha and I have an argument in the rain that ends okay. with us having a passionate like kiss in the rain. Yeah, and then I hope there's at least one musical number. <coughs> there's got to be at least musical number. In my big Hollywood biopic. Yeah. Okay. One last question. Okay. Uh, question 21. Imagine you could go back to the age of five and relive the rest of your life knowing everything you know now. You will re-experience your entire adolescence with both the cognitive ability of an adult and the memories of everything you've learned from having lived your life previously. Here's the question. Would you lose your virginity earlier or later than you did the first time around? And by how many years? Well, I haven't lost it yet, so earlier uh, yes. is is highly favored in this scenario. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm now that I've actually thought of it, I'm still going earlier. Yeah. 
I would go earlier because I didn't really lose mine until like my senior year of high school. But looking back, I had numerous chances throughout high school that I didn't take that I probably would now. Well, also you got, you got more lines that you've, that you've, or patter that you've tried when, you know, when, First time around, man, 14 is just like, will you fuck me, please? Yeah. That's your approach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you had so if you had if you had all of your adult knowledge, you would you would you would definitely get laid earlier. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm hardly getting laid now, so I would just I would take every chance. I, could. I would just do Billy D. Williams Colt 45 commercials, and that would get me laid every time at 14. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. have the Colt 45, yeah. you know. But he was yeah. one smooth motherfucker. Everybody wanted to fuck Billy D. Williams. Yep. So yep. there you go. Absolutely. Yeah. So even if you do a Billy D. Williams impression of a Colt 45 commercial at 14, you've greatly increased your odds of getting laid. I wouldn't do Colt 45. I would do Anaconda Moth Liquor. <laughs> That's what I would do. No, we're Brewing trying to get laid here. <laughs> yeah. Is that Anaconda malt liquor? The only malt liquor that's approved by the U.S. government? That's what I would do. (laughs) Funny! Yes. We've still got a podcast to get to. We need to talk about Bang Brothers and Pornhub. We need to talk about Thick. We need to talk about movies that start with record scratch. Yeah, that's me. My life is pretty crazy. Let me catch you up to speed. Captions three weeks earlier. Because I hate that. I hate it when movies do that. Absolutely hate that. But before we get to any of that, before we get to Ed Helms, Maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. I concur. We will be right back with more of the Pope on Film after this. And break.
We interrupt our regular programming to bring you this special bulletin from RBS News. Good morning. This is Susan Miles in New York. There's a rapidly unfolding situation in Charleston, South Carolina this morning, where an unidentified group is holding four hostages on board a ship. Apparently, they are demanding to make a statement live over the RBS network. Megan Barkley is in Charleston and has more on that story. Susan, the situation began approximately one hour ago when the Coast Guard attempted to board a vessel that had berthed at the wrong dock. The footage you are about to see was taken by a crew from the RBS affiliate in Charleston, WPIV. This is unedited material. As you'll see, events were happening very rapidly. Charleston docks were quiet today as talks broke down again between longshoremen and the Port Authority. The co this is quiet, right? Great. Very nice. Thank you. All right. Uh, dock strike, take four. Uh, Charleston docks were quiet today. What's going on here? What's happening here? Trying to get closer, Captain, all right? Come on, let's get closer. Get that guy up there. Get that guy up there. Get that guy in the boat. You got him? You want to get a little closer? You okay? Come on. That guy's got an Uzi, man. I think he's got an Uzi. Come on. Reporter Stephen Levitt and cameraman George Takashima were covering a dock worker strike. Instead, they found themselves in the midst of a gunfight. What the hell is going on here? with more of the Pope on the film. Now, as I do during every break, I was spending the break watching Days of Our Lives. Bunny, what are your thoughts that Jake turned out to be Stefan's twin? I, 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 I thought it was really kind of obvious, didn't you? I thought that... I mean, obviously Stephane they're not identical twins, but, you know, they had similar mannerisms and things like that. Personally, I thought that Stefan was going to just come back from the dead. Not that J not that Jake turned out to be Stefan's twin. That's quite a, a, a turn. I'm shocked. Yes, but Stefan as a ghost is we we haven't seen a move like that since what's her name got possessed. Also, I want to take this time to thank Twitter user at Hershey underscore Bard 22 for letting me know what was going on in Days of Our Lives to make that segment work. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bunny. Yes. Are you ready for another exciting installment of everyone's favorite podcast segment, Bunny Versus, starring the incomparable Bunny Williams? Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you psyched? Are you primed? Are you ready? Are you raring? Are you raring to go? Are you ready to take that hill? Are you ready to conquer, Bunny? Are you ready to command and conquer? 
Are you ready to go to the one place that has not been corrupted by capitalism? Space! Are you ready, Bunny? I, I, yeah. Yeah, I could do this. I could do this. Okay. Well then, without any further ado, it's time once again for another exciting installment of Bunny Versus. And now here is your host, Bunny Williams. Take it away, Bunny! Well, the fascist state seems to be coming along nicely. You know, we've, we've got stormtroopers now. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing watching it all unfold. It's like, you know, like, I, yeah. I want to see the original script, is what I'm saying. I want to see where the director is ve- deviating off. Obviously, somebody got fired over the whole murder hornets thing. You don't understand. President Obama is creating a secret police, which is going to turn America into a police state. Jade Helm 13 is actually test run, and Obama is going to institute martial law, and he's going to have secret police arresting people you don't understand what's really happening. All of the people who said that are absolutely fine with Trump literally having secret police show up in unmarked vans and making yeah. protesters appear. Yeah. But Obama had these secret uh, concentration camps underneath Walmarts and was going to institute martial law. But now that it's actually happening, everyone's just fine with it. Everyone's well, just fine with it. Their president. Yeah. yeah. 50% of all white people support Trump. That's insane. I saw I, I saw a, a poll. I, I'm going to pull it up right now. Yeah. Because it, it, it blew my mind. It broke down uh, by race people's support. Okay. So um, 10% of blacks support Trump. 23% of Hispanics support Trump. 49% of whites support Donald Trump. Yeah. And that is just so upsetting, you know? Yeah. That, like, Donald Trump is so horrible, but hey. Um, whiteness over justice and democracy. Yeah. What that says to me. Yeah. You know? Hey, and it's just it's the same thing as you just said. You know, like this is exactly what the right has been afraid of forever. You know, and yeah. we couldn't do this and we couldn't do that because it would lead it would lead here. And now that it's here, crickets. Yeah. Fucking yeah. crickets. Like what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, does he does he actually have to throw a, a swastika flag over the Oval Office desk? Yeah. Which I'm expecting this coming Thursday. <laughs> you know? I mean, we don't I even really, know don't we know. don't even know if these people are really fucking law enforcement or if he's drafting militia. Yeah, because they're yeah. not even—they're yeah. not even like real. I mean, they've got some camo, but they're in their jeans and shit. Yeah, 
You know what I mean? Like you let these militia assholes walk our streets with fucking guns during a protest. You know, they went out, they've gone out of their way to incite a fucking massacre. I had said before, we had snipers up on our fucking yeah. roofs in Colorado Springs. That's, that's crazy. Malicious that snipers. Insane. Right-wing groups. Yeah. These these are not even these are not law enforcement. These are these are schmoes with a camouflage <laughs> fetish. Yeah, and you give him a sniper position on a roof. So like it's yeah. not like it's, you know a- it's not like this shit is so fucking unexpected. It's just the next step. And then, and then uh, Trump is trying to paint uh, Joe Biden as like this extreme leftist, <laughs> and it's fucking ridiculous. Like, oh, uh, Joe Biden wants to abolish all police and get rid of law and order, and it's like Joe Biden doesn't want to do shit. Joe Biden's just not you. That's why we're. Uh, that is creepy looking on Zoom, Eleanor. That is really creepy looking on Zoom. It was. Do that again. Appear again. There you go. Great, Eleanor. Thank you. Yep. Uh, so, so yeah, they're trying to paint Joe Biden as like this extreme leftist. And it's like everyone knows that that's bullshit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Joe Biden's not... Joe Biden's like not gonna do shit. He's basically like a centrist. <laughs> well, he's—if you ask me—he's a fucking Republican. I mean, he, he's—he's he's expressed it over and over again in a hundred different fucking ways. And he's gonna be reaching across that aisle. Rick was a lot creepier because Rick, you just saw like, like the part of the hair and then the eye and you don't know what it is yet. (laughs) Yeah. Eleanor is really liking the fact that we're doing this over zoom. Yeah. So I, so I was sick this week for like three days. Yeah. What was going on with that? Um, I, I was just absolutely doubled over and I was in pain and it sucked and and it and and I, I couldn't breathe and, and and my stomach hurt and, and I was basically doing the game of like is it or is it not corona, you know? Yes. That like so many the game that so many people play when they get sick and it's just like, hey, is it corona? And out and no i just i had a stomach bug and i was blocked up and i was just doubled over and in an in, in insane amount of pain yeah but i'm fine now so that's good Dude. eleanor come in Dude. come on eleanor come here eleanor that's creepy <laughs> because you can see your glasses gleaming through the mouth real creepy we, we we can't forget that we're still audio at this point. <laughs> yeah, no, we're no, still we're an audio still show. Audio. 
Yeah, we're still, we're still. Uh, hey, SoundCloud, you're you you're you're missing out on all the fun that we're having. Yeah, yeah, and we're working on it. We're working on it. So how, how are you now? You're okay now. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm great now. It 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 passed. So I'm glad I didn't get the corona like our governor. Yeah, yeah. I my theory is that Kevin Stitt, the the governor of Oklahoma, actually does not have the coronavirus, and this is just his way of saying, "Hey, I got the coronavirus. Look how I'm still healthy and everything's fine, and go back to work in school." I that's what I think is going on. That Kevin Stitt does not have the fucking coronavirus. This is just his way of saying, yes, I got the coronavirus, but I have no symptoms. I feel healthy and fine. And the coronavirus is going to pass just like it will for you. So send your kids to fucking school. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm telling you, don't do it. Yeah. So. If I got to help tutor them on the weekends, I will. Do not send them back to school. Yeah. No, I. I can't send these kids to school. But I, I don't know I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen with school. I just know I just know that I can't send them to school. But I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen. So, yay. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Fucking uh-huh. Betsy the boss wants my kids to die. Yeah. Fucking bitch. So how are you doing, buddy? I'm okay. I'm okay. Um Still working to see if I could do something with Zoom. And I'm not yep. gonna I'm not really gonna be able to it's way fucking involved. I might do a bit or two out of zoom so you know because i got the frame and i have a little hope on film thing going on there but for one like i have to render it several times to get us yeah. in the right positions and shit like that so it's really kind of involved uh i mean we'll still be using zoom for uh, when I move over to that other software, because that's still where I would be getting the, the audio and video feed from. Yeah. You know? But this program is more like PowerPoint that you could put video straight into and stream. Okay, okay, so so like you could build your frame however it looks like, however you want it to look, put little lights on it and shit. You know, you could do shit with it. And then when if you if you wanted to change it, you would just hit a button and it would change the screen. So for that, yeah. I would be I would be producing the show live as we're doing it. So like no, okay. Yeah. So you're doing a bit. I don't know. You're doing the questions. The Chuck questions. Yes. 
okay? So we would have a layout for that. And then maybe we would, we would have an area for doing special things, putting up pictures and things like that. But I would set them all up beforehand so it's just another slide. Even if it was yeah. video or picture or anything like that. So. Yeah. So it's just a matter of getting them set up and then doing it live as the show is happening. Just flipping yeah. the screens, basically. I, I, I believe we do the same thing with um with the the raising little leaders videos that we do. Yeah. <laughs> Eleanor's having fun for all of you people that are listening on SoundCloud or or Stitcher. Yeah. So uh Yeah, so that's that. So I've been doing that. I've been putting more work into serious win. So as a 3D model, she's coming along very nicely, I think. I'm working on her gun now. Because I went. How's that the, going? I went with the character. Eh, we'll see. I don't know. I always fall back on the line. I'm not fucking Pixar, okay? <laughs> That's good. I'm one dude. <laughs> yeah. Um. She turned out looking really beautiful. I might have to still adjust her because I want her look. I don't think she has enough of the don't fuck with me look. You know? But yep. other than that, other than that, I've got her pretty much dressed. Uh, she's got her robotic arm, which I got to redo because I kind of hate it now. Uh, she's got like a really just simple shirt. Just a men's college shirt. Pair of jeans. Undead cow belt buckle. Which I thought was kind of a nice touch. Uh, yeah. So now I gotta now I gotta get now I gotta do the gun so that I could do the holster, which would go over the jeans and shirt, obviously but below the low jacket I want her to have. The long yes. jacket. You know, kind of cowboyish. I mean, I don't yeah. want to directly do cowboy. Let's say I want to reinterpret the cowboy. Yeah, but I'm thinking more I was just brightly colored. I was about to and, say that. Huh? I was just about to say that. That whole Serenity thing. Mm. More brightly colored. So Serenity meets Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. 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 I'm down with that. So, um, I was kind of wondering because Emerald's usually not around when we do the show. Yeah. 
And she's got, like, no Facebook presence. I don't know if she's one of those Twitter people or whatever. But I've been wondering. A little bit of Twitter, a lot of Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is she a Marxist yet? That's what I was wondering. She's at that age. I'm not sure. I don't think so. Yeah. She's got a very serious boyfriend. And the boyfriend is is uh from a very uh Christian family. Yeah. Emerald isn't Christian, but Emerald is dating a Christian. So that, that definitely affects her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I don't know, so, I've, I've known I've known a lot of people who've turned Marxist over the years, over the last yeah. four years specifically. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. But um, I I am really good with kids. I am really good with children. Yeah. When you get older, I slowly lose my power. Okay. So Emerald is very close right now with Natasha, and they can hang out, and they can talk, and, and, and they are very friendly. But when it – but, yeah, like, I was her best friend when she was, like, three. Yeah. She was eight, but now that she's, you know – Going on 19, I'm slowly but surely losing my magic sparkle fingers. Ah. Uh, you know? Yeah. So, so I don't know her that well right now, which is sad. She'll be back when she's 35. Don't worry about it. Yeah. There's also... This is, there- this is all that dating shit, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, all things like that. You don't need any of it. Natasha can handle yeah. that part. She'll be back yeah. when she's about 30, 35. When she's more yeah. settled in. And yeah, she so needs I a don't... grandpa to babysit. <laughs> yeah. That'll be me. So, that's fun. Yeah. I I think I'm closer to Amber than I am to Emerald right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Amber's out there fighting. I see her shit all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every once in a while, I've, I've caught her sharing some slightly right-leaning things. Yeah. But I think it's her way of saying, hey, the Republicans suck and the Democrats suck. Yeah. Everybody sucks equally. And it's like, okay, but also watch what you share, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Eleanor, there has been a pirate Batman, just to let you know. Eleanor is running around putting costumes on and having a grand old time. Yeah. 
for those people who are listening to this. She's having fun. <laughs> she She's is having all a lot dressed of fun. up. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, I, I, I mean, I've never read Marx. I've always heard good things about him. He yep. was just a philosopher, you know, who tried to envision what he thought might a, per- a perfect society might be. And that was communism, basically. And like, yep. okay, except I'd really like to see a working example. And we got a lot of really failed examples. You know? Yeah. I, I, you could totally say that about America as well and capitalism. I mean, see, like, I'm I'm no economics major, you know? I yeah. don't know if I could really say that capitalism sucks or if our version of it just really, really sucks. I mean, that part's not in dispute. Yeah. You know? But, like... As a system, it seems like it's set up for it's set up to fail. Why do they yeah. not teach us capital? We're a capitalist society. Why don't they teach us capitalism in school? Why don't they teach us about the market? Like I, I mean, we've all had one or two brush off classes, you know, where like you had a day that you spent in math class going over the market and another day going over how to balance your fucking checkbook, you know? But, like, that's, that's like, the extent of how they've educated us on our whole economic system. Yeah, that's it. That is it. Here's how to set up a bank account and then... And the fact that very few of us are capitalists. Because we don't have capital, we're consumers. Yeah. Yes, we don't. We don't rise to the level of capitalism. It is really fucked up that children go to school for a very long time and don't learn. Like these are taxes. This is how you do taxes. This is what social security is. This is. Um, Let's talk about your credit score. You know, like important things that can help you succeed in life that they just don't teach you. Yeah. You know, it's really fucked up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you just uh, buy shit. Uh, what other country is actually capitalist? Oh. Like you don't even hear that term in relation to any other in any other country. No, you never do. You never do. You never do. No, no, no. Take that. Take it. Yeah, you only hear that about America. America is the capitalist country. I suspect Japan. I was just about to say that. Because they're the only one that has an actual market, like the stock market. Yeah. So I kind of susp- I think they're secretly capitalists. Yeah. Don't Kaiju me. capitalism. <laughs> yes. 
is what it's called or what it should be called. I never saw Pacific Rim 2. It was kind of cute. I kind of forget it, though. Yeah. Hmm. I'm kind of really like right like right off the mark. I'm not sure if I'm thinking about Pacific Rim 2 or Bumblebee. Because Bumblebee Rim 2 is a much smaller story. Yeah. Bumblebee was all right. I, I saw Bumblebee. I, I didn't I wasn't screaming. I was kind of entertained. I like the fact that like finally we get a, a, a human character saying we can't trust them. I mean they're called Decepticons. You don't <laughs> They're they're the Decepticons. Why should we trust the Decepticons, people? Mm-hmm. Like like that was a decent movie. Yeah. And I told everyone and no one believed me. <laughs> That's a really good movie. Nope. Nope. Like everyone had already like shut their mind from Transformer movies. Yeah. So it's like, oh, the the character who starred in Bumblebee is exactly the type of character that I would have fell in love with if I was still in eighth grade. Yeah. 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 It's that type of character. Oh, would have loved her. Yeah. Yeah, love that movie. Can you believe? See, I'm getting that- see, uh, even in in listening to you, I'm still getting it confused between Bumblebee and Pacific Rim Two. Because there was believe- a young girl in Pacific Rim Two, and yes. this was she wanted to get one of the mechs. What are the fucking things called? Jaegers. Jaegers. Yeah. And she got herself a little one. Can you believe that Disney World is open right now? What it's the f- a small world after all. What is wrong with people? That, that fucking Disney World is open yeah. right now. What the fuck? Yeah. Florida is out of control. A massive hotspot. People are dying left and right. People are getting this disease and spreading it everywhere. Oh, you know where we should go now? A really small, tiny line. Yeah. With 200 other people for two hours waiting to get into a ride. It was Mm -hmm. fucking ridiculous. Cannot believe that. (laughs) Not only that, but so much is closed that you're not even getting a full Disney World experience. You're getting, like, Disney World light. (laughs) You know, like, I really want to go to Disney World, but I'm not going to go now. It's not real Disney World. Yeah. Mickey's not there, just his nephews. No, Mickey is there, and you can meet him from a far distance. <laughs> they have they have like a, a socially distanced character meetings. And it's like, "Hey, there's Alice up there. You can wave to her and she can say hi to you." So you, you got can't... a you got a 
book an audience with Mickey Mouse now? No. And then it can't have parades. Because if you have a parade, then everyone will crowd together to see the parade. So what they're doing now is they will randomly wheel out one part of a parade and have it go through. So you're just walking down Main Street. All of a sudden you hear music and you turn around and it's one float with five characters just going down the fucking street. Okay, then. So like a flash parade. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really weird. It is really weird. It's not even full Disneyland. It's ridiculous. Man, the alien archaeologists are going to have a fucking field day here. Yeah. I'm really happy, though. I'm really happy that um, like Walmart is mandating that everyone wears masks. CVS Pharmacy, Walgreens, uh, and Fire Lake Grocery Store, which is the big grocery store that's near us. They're finally like, if you come in, you got to wear a mask. And I went there yesterday. Yes, yesterday. And it was the first time ever that I've been outside to a supermarket. And I only saw like four people without a mask. Good. I have never seen that before. Like, oh my god, you all have masks. We all have masks. Well, there's two douchebags, and there's a douchebag. But we're, other than that, we're all wearing masks. Fucking good for us. Yeah. This is like the this is the most masks I've seen. Good. So that makes me feel a little bit better. Once again, I am eating chips. Uh, and usually I wouldn't do this because I'm more of a professional, but also the world is ending. Yeah, might as well. I mean, I, see again, future alien archaeologists are going to have to sit down and figure out and discuss and have meetings about and write peer reviewed papers about. How our civilization was wiped out by a virus and how a giant mouse helped. Yep. Yeah. Good luck, guys. Because <laughs> we don't know what the fuck's going on anymore. <laughs> they say that there's a possibility that movie theaters won't open up until 2021. Yeah. I'm seeing dates coming from 2021. I would have. I'm. I'm just. I'm really pissed off about uh, Black Widow. Did That's, she get canned, or what happened? They're still going to release it. Yeah, but it was supposed to to have come out in May. I should yeah. have already seen that ten times. Yeah now and it's just it's very upsetting to me I I I I I have no interest in seeing Tenet yeah no I I, I forget what it was but you described it last time and I chose to forget something like a horror Groundhog's Day or some shit that's that um 
Tenet is, I'm not sure what the plot is because he's keeping it a secret, but some people move reverse in time. So, like, they go into That's a room. Uh, I, I, like I wouldn't like that. I really so wouldn't the like cops that. Go into I, 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 I am a person who particularly does not like to take a shit. I mean, you've got to do it, but it's it's a chore. This is, you know. But I would rather take a shit than have a shit shoved up my ass. Yes. Yeah. Which That's gotta be, living gotta backwards be would entail. God, I hope there's a bathroom sequence in Tenet. Yeah. It's like, let me go to the bathroom, and then the pee goes back in you. Or suddenly you just kind of puke up a slice of pizza. Yeah. A good-looking slice of pizza. Yeah. What's going on with your phone? No, that's Pokemon Go. I oh. don't know what the hell's happening. It's just a cloud, okay. It's, it's just a bunch of clouds, and they're moving. I, I, I really look up to you and your ability to still be Pokemon going. You know? Like, I did that for a few months, and then I'm like, okay, the fun is wore off, but you're still in there and doing it. You know? Sir, I love you. You've got staying power. And I need a shiny alone. We have been brushing our teeth with a bizarre new uh, phone app called Pokemon Smile. And it's like Pokemon Go for brushing your teeth. Yeah, okay. And it's this game for kids, and uh, it, it it uses your camera and records you brushing your teeth, and the, the more you brush your teeth... Pokemon will appear and then you have to catch them by brushing your teeth and the kids love it. The kids kids love brushing their teeth now because of this weird Pokemon Go type game for brushing your teeth. And the kids just can't wait to brush their teeth because it's like, ooh, what Pokemon am I going to get this time? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's so much better than those little dots, those little pills they used to have us chew up. Yeah. The purple ones, remember those? Yeah. And that shit would never come off. Never. What? never cut a Pikachu. You never cut a Pikachu? Yeah, that's me. Okay. Maybe one day? You just they have the really hard it. ones. I hear yeah. So, uh, uh, oh, yes. I got a bit of a quantum hmm? going on here. Okay. It's my beard. What about it? I am much more in the habit of, of letting it get kind of long and then shaving it all back and letting yeah. it go again. But I really waited too long this time by like a lot. <laughs> and it is now as long as it has ever been in my life. No shit. And I am just starting to be able to get into some 
Brian May kind of shit going on here? Yeah. So now, I don't know. Should I cut it or see how far this bitch can go? I don't know, but I'm, I'm trying really hard not to shave all of my facial hair off because I cannot stand wearing a mask with this. Yeah. It just itches like a it son would, of a bitch. It would be feel better in a mask, but like I'm rarely going out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It does make a mask a bit more uncomfortable. <clears throat> So yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, can I grow it long enough? Can I like grow it really long, braid it, and use it to like smite my enemies? Nice, that'd be nice, like a Chun Li move. Yeah. You know, can I put I a like flying that. guillotine on the end? Nice. So I Very would just nice. like, I would just like pull up my beard, and this thing on the end would snap open, whipping it around. Yeah. Yeah. Or or shave it so the mask more comfortable. Tough choice. Tough choice. Yeah. I'm down with that. And I think that is all the all the out and out BS. Uh, beard is Emerald a Marxist. <laughs> um. What else? We went through more, more subjects than that. Yep. Um, Your illness. Huh? Capitalism. Capitalism. Yeah. yeah. So I think that gets everything out there. I'm, I'm looking forward to Shap. That's that's what I'm looking forward to. My, I, my I hear wife, there's some Shap right around the corner. My my wife and I stayed up talking about the Shap. She has a lot of opinions about this chap. Really? Yeah. She might appear near the end of the chap to to put her two cents in. <laughs> yeah, this is a big one. Cool. Okay. Well, that'll be it for this week, unless you got something you can think of. Nope. Then let's on it, head on over to chap. All right. And cut. Bunny! Yes! If you're like me, then you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it? But only real fans, true hardcore fans, would at least know two things, two facts, fundamental and in no way made up facts, about the both of us, America's hottest podcasting couple, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost is the fact, Bunny, that you don't like to mention it on the podcast, and I understand that, but you are, in fact, a celebrated author of young adult books, teen books. So, Bunny, tell us about your upcoming series of teen books. Uh, well... I'm 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 trying to to get on the babysitter club bandwagon while it's hot, you know. Yes. This in this it, it's this is a dog eat dog industry. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. We play fucking hardball in young adult fiction. Okay. Hell yeah. You know, Hell yeah. Authors have died. Think about some of your favorite series and why they suddenly stopped. Mm-hmm. Somebody put a hit on V.C. Andrews. That's why. There you go. Yep. Okay. She woke up with a monkey's paw in her bed. Mm. Okay. Or said. We're not fucking around here. So, yeah. so I, I, I'm doing something very similar to um, the Babysitter's Club. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it involves daughter swapping. Fathers. Nice. Nice. Okay. That'll be a popular series. I can get behind that. And everybody's kind of buying for Jan. Jan? Yeah. 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 I gotcha. And the second thing that you know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do is I like to find a story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know too well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling style and razzmatazz. And that's what this is, another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations! Or SHAP, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. And I personally, I like the name SHAP. And I honestly think that SHAP is the sound of a wet towel hitting a bathroom floor. SHAP. Yeah. That's yeah. the sound. And I nailed it. I really nailed it. Anywho. This week on the old Chappity Shap Shap, we will be discussing the life of a porn actress so popular, so outspoken, so controversial that Bang Brothers just launched a big budget smear campaign against her. Okay. Just a few days ago. You know you're a big-time porn actress when both Pornhub and ISIS want you dead. (laughs) And yes, this is a story about porn, but it's also about body integrity, body autonomy, and consent. Consent in the porn industry. So... And yes, porn, but it goes deeper than that. So here's the story. Her name, her real name, is Mia Kalista. She was born in Beirut, Lebanon in 1993, but they moved to America because of the 15-year-long South Lebanon conflict, which is a big, huge thing that I'm not going to get into right here because it's a whole freaking thing but there was conflict and the family fled to america american dream and all that sort of stuff she she arrived in america in the beginning of 2001 okay things were fine for a, a lebanese immigrant in the beginning of 2001 but right around 9 12 Things started getting a bit hard for people who had brown skin mm-hmm. and were ethnically ambiguous. So she had a hard, t- a bit of a hard time growing up. But um, 
Mia grew up in a very conservative home. She attended private schools, even a military academy. She played lacrosse in high school. She had a very normal life. Her good looks got her a few modeling gigs here and there. She was a briefcase girl in a Spanish deal or no deal ripoff, which I'm assuming was called Trato o No Trato. Uh, uh, helped me with that one. Anywho, she finds a special someone, she gets married, and happily ever after the end. But like many couples, uh, Mia and her hubby take a few risque pictures and they post them on a very high-trafficked Reddit category. Suddenly people are all about this woman, this uh, four-foot-two, ethnically ambiguous, very... uh, attractive young woman and her hot body and everyone's like, ooh, who is she? She's really hot. She should do porn. So Mia is in Miami with her husband and she is asked if she ever considered acting in porn. She was 21 years old. Lord knows we've all made mistakes when we were 21 years old. But her, she started a porn career. Her porn career lasted from October 2014 to January 2015. And that's it. She only did movies, porn scenes for three freaking months, and that's it. And yet, as porn actress Mia Khalifa, she quickly became one of the most famous porn stars of the past decade, quickly rising to the number one porn actress on Pornhub. Okay. Meanwhile, Pornhub and the studio that she was working with, Bang Bros, was making a ton of money on Mia Khalifa's porn what was video. Her, like acting name? Mia Khalifa. Oh, I thought that was her real name. Or they... Her real name is Mia Kalista with a oh. C. This is Mia Khalifa with a K. Oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah. But just, it's important to remember that Pornhub and Bang Bros are making a ton of money off of this woman's three-month-long porn career. Yeah. So, one of the reasons that she got a name for herself in porn is because one of the first videos that she did... Um, ISIS came out and threatened to kill her. Okay. In, in 2014, this is 2014, she was basically the first person to ever film a porn while wearing a hijab. Okay. Which is traditional Muslim attire. And I, I can tell you for a fact that in 2020, you can go to a porn site and type in Muslim and find a shit ton of Muslim porn. A oh, God. It's become a fetish. Like, we never yeah. used it. Back in the back in my day in my of day. porn, there was no Arab yeah. section. Yeah. You but know? now it, yeah, it has absolutely become a, a, a fetish. Yeah, but she started that. She was the first person to ever be like, I'm going to put on this traditional Muslim attire and do a porn uh, with it on. ISIS literally came out and threatened to kill a five foot, two inch porn actress. 
and they were like, "How dare she do this? We will, we will make sure that the her blood flows in the streets. We will make an example of her, and to stop these videos from from corrupting uh, Muslim society and yada yada yada." Basically, ISIS. Streisand affected porn actress Mia Khalifa. <laughs> so Mia Khalifa did a porn while dressed in traditional Muslim attire, and Isa said, This is horrible, and we will not stand for this. People should not be allowed to watch this, and we're going to kill her. And so everyone in the world went, God damn. Did Isis just threaten to kill a porn actress? Who is this woman? I'm going to look her up. Okay. So suddenly, uh, this uh, this uh, Mia Khalifa was quickly made a name for herself. So much so that that after the the three months had passed, Bang Bros signed her to a long term, big money, fucking celebrity status contract, which would have given her a ton of money, and she would have been working exclusively for Bang Bros. And she signed the contract. But two weeks later, due to pressure from ISIS and a number of people wanting to fucking kill her, she uh, changed her mind and completely left the porn industry. Okay. Uh, I imagine that if ISIS threatened to kill me, then maybe I wouldn't want to do porn anymore either. But that's just maybe it makes it hotter. I don't know. <laughs> but she also only made twelve thousand uh, dollars in her three months of making porn, so she wasn't making bank. Yeah, you know, she was making one thousand dollars per porn scene. So no royalties, yeah. no royalties or anything like that. You know, no uh, profit sharing. She was basically just getting screwed. So Mia Khalifa was back to being Mia Khalista. She studied. She went to school. She became a paralegal. She became a bookkeeper and tried to live a normal life. But as she is trying to live a normal life, her porn career never stops because just from three months that her videos are everywhere and she's just all over the place rappers are name dropping her in songs and people want her to be in this music video and oh can you cameo in this like tv show for a second and stuff like that so eventually she just gives up being uh, a paralegal and a bookkeeper and all of that and she's like i am still popular years after I quit the porn industry. So she decides to sort of parlay that using the popularity of her career to become a social media influencer and a TV show host. And she, she was a like color commentator for some sports shows. And you would see her on like E entertainment television and stuff like that. And, and, she, she became popular. That brings us to the present day, and this is the main crux of the story. Mia Khalifa, a.k.a. Mia Khalista, is now a very well-known personality and an activist, and she wants to have old images 
and porn videos removed from the internet. She right. says three months when I was in my twenties, and uh, it, I I should be able to withdraw my consent. And a lot of people support her on this. A change.org petition entitled Save Mia Khalifa currently has over 1.8 million signatures on it. The problem is Pornhub is still making a shit ton of money off of Mia Khalifa and, Mia, Mia Khalifa and her videos. She yeah. is still one of the t- five most searched porn actresses on these porn websites and bang brothers is still making a shit ton of money off of the small amount of videos that she did back in 2014 and be but also and also you know she signed a goddamn contract so legally um she's fucked and they have the right to you know, never remove her shit. Yeah. She's signed the goddamn paperwork, and that sucks. But also, because they never stopped promoting her small amount of porn videos, and because they're still out there, people think that she is still a porn actress. And to this day, people still want to kill her. Okay. She basically invented the Muslim porn genre. The entire Muslim porn fetish was created by her. And there are still people and still groups of people that want to kill her. So in her, on her side, it really is a sort of like, these videos are a danger to me and I want them off for my safety and to keep living. But also, uh, you signed a goddamn contract. They can do whatever they want with those videos. So yeah. it really is sort of a thing of like, if you sign a form and, and agree to do porn and now you're over here, can you say like, no, I don't consent to this. So it really is sort of like a, like a, I don't know, like a damned if you do and damned if oh, you don't. Well, I well, her. let me let me try to clarify here because so is the whole suit about getting the pictures taken down, or is she obligated to make more pictures? She is she is in no way obligated to make more pictures. She is done with the porn industry, and she doesn't want to do porn anymore, and she's never going to do porn again. But she wants to get those old videos taken down from everywhere which i think is impossible but i which i think is improbable but maybe not impossible because i did some research while doing this it's fairly difficult to find a good jenna jameson porn nowadays back in the day In my day, yeah. fucking Jenna Jameson was fucking everywhere. Uh-huh. But nowadays, you go to a porn site and you search Jenna Jameson and you'll come up with a small handful of videos and mainly like movies that she maybe did one scene in, but that's about it. It, it is difficult to find 
Jenna Jameson porn out there. And I think one of the reasons might be because she went mainstream. She left the porn industry, became mainstream, started dating famous people and getting on, you know, covers of magazines and stuff like that. And so all of the videos just quietly went away. So I think that it's it's possible for Mia Khalifa to get her shit removed that she did back when she was 21 years old. I mean, but also you're talking about two big time pornography giants and I, they just absolutely refuse to let Mia Khalifa get rid of her porn videos. So it's difficult. Can you remove your consent from? It's a fucking tough question. Yeah, no, it's really difficult. And the way she the way she sees it is like like I I was twenty one years old. I was a you know still growing up little person, you know, and I was only in the porn industry for three years, and that was six years ago, almost a decade ago. Yeah, and yet videos are putting me in danger and the the death threats have never stopped and like she should be able to take her videos down will she get her videos taken down probably not if these two major corporations are still making money off of her getting fucked yeah this has led to widespread anger at Pornhub and as it turns out at the same time that people were saying free Mia Khalifa uh, all of these people who were uh, raped and assaulted and were raped as a child and like it, assaulted as children, uh-huh. it, they all came out and said, okay, so I was raped by my uncle when I was 14 and I found the video on Pornhub and I told them, hey, take this down. And they did six months later. And that's fucked up that Pornhub has this horrible illegal shit on here. And Pornhub is basically um, assisting in uh, child prostitution, child rape, child abduction, fucking sex slavery and all of this shit. And Pornhub is a horrible corporation and we should have Pornhub stopped. And that collided with Free Mia Khalifa's campaign. And so now there's just this real bad blood against Pornhub and Bang Bros. And so just a few days ago, like three days ago, Bang Brothers started a massive PR campaign and a website um, against Mia Khalifa claiming that everything that she says is a lie and that they're the good guys. They actually paid her a massive amount of money. And here are the facts about the lies about Mia Khalifa. Like this is a fucking political race. Yeah. It's quite fascinating. It is absolutely fascinating. <laughs> Then we're talking, you know, we're talking about consent in the porn industry. And that's 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 an important thing. Yeah, we're we're talking about consent in the porn industry. And people are realizing that Ellen DeGeneres is a douchebag. How did Ellen DeGeneres get into it? I Bella is uh, sitting on the other side of the room and we were we uh yesterday we saw a preview for Ellen's like game show where she tortures people and treats them like shit. Okay. And I, 
and I had just read an article about people who work for or used to work for Ellen DeGeneres. And apparently it's a goddamn nightmare. Really? They're like, you're fired. Why am I fired? Because of all of the time off that you took. But my parents died. Yeah, but we're a business. You're fired. Oh. Like that. And, and uh, oh, wow. Now we have two black people working for us. I hope I remember your names. Like, like real horrible, like shit, like not necessarily Ellen, but Ellen's producers and executives and the people who actually run the day to day of like Ellen's talk show and shit like that are horrible fucking people. Ellen, though, isn't necessarily horrible, but she will not look at or speak to anyone who's not like an executive. Well, Ellen B being who she is, uh, I think we need to judge her on a different scale. And I recommend the Steve Hardy scale for true douchebaggery. So, like, how many Steve Harveys would you give her over this? I don't know. I don't know. But I am picturing uh, Ellen DeGeneres with a Steve Harvey mustache, and it's bringing me joy. I mean, I don't think I don't think Steve Harvey actually hurt anybody by being a douchebag. Yeah, his shit was like, "Leave me alone, don't talk to me." Just real douchebag stuff, but like nothing that, like Ellen shit sounds like that's going to stop people from getting jobs or getting on the show. Yep. Things like that, which is actually har- harmful. So, yeah. But, but, people going to go two and a half Steve Harveys. Yeah, I was going to say three, so that, that, that checks out. But yeah, Mia Khalifa, porn actress who only worked for three months and is still one of the most popular porn actresses of the decade. Yeah. Should be able to withdraw her consent. That is what is happening right now in 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 popular in in society. Yeah. And it's something that not a lot of people are paying attention to, what with the streets being on fire. Yeah, and Trump's Gestapo making protesters disappear. <laughs> but it's an interesting thing, and I think that more people know about this. Well, I, yeah. I I find it strange because we're really going to have to say that that the sex industry is a separate industry and does not necessarily have the same rules as other industries. There's really any other industry. You got it in a fucking contract. You do it. That's it. Yep. You know, but so legally they're right. Okay. But when in doubt, lean to the more compassionate side. Yeah, but I, I don't think porn and compassion work together very well. Well, I mean, be you know? compassionate to her side. Yeah, and, and, and they would if they weren't just horrible, 
media conglomerates is basically what they are. Yeah. You know, how powerful Bang Bros and Pornhub is that they're basically giant corporations. You know? Yeah. I I find it akin to like uh Kobe Bryant saying, you know what, I'm sick of basketball. Stop selling my shit. Stop using my likeness. NBA and NBA being like, uh, you signed, you know how many jerseys of yours we sell? We're we're not stopping shit. You signed the contract, we're gonna keep putting you in fucking video games. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of fucked up. It's kind of fucked up. But it's an important story. And that's maybe and that's maybe why, kind of like I was I was sort of thinking last night kind of when I was really really high do we also need a right to free legal services and I think yeah yep absolutely as as a right because they get away with everything in contracts because we don't really know what they say yeah yeah the last time that I got really really high I, I was in the living room and I was like we're on a planet in space. So technically, everything in this planet is in space. Yes. Look at Bella. Right now, Bella is drawing in space. And she just looked at me with like those eyes of like, Dad. Really? Really, Dad. But at the time, it was mind blowing for me. And she's that, traveling at something like ninety three hundred thousand miles. Yeah, yeah. Per second, so it's reckoned. Hey, I'm gonna go take a shit in space. <laughs> Everything we do is in space because we're all in space. <laughs> it blew my mind at the time. Now, not so much. So that's it for Steve's historic approximations this week. Next week, we will be talking about uh, a fun contest to see who would ride a roller coaster the longest that quickly spiraled out of control. Very excited about this. We're going to be talking about the Giant Dipper Marathon next week, but that's next week. So join us next week. For more educationally uneducational fun with Steve's Historic Approximations. Bunny, we still have a movie to get to, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> but before we do, and that's why I hate rainbows. <laughs> love that so much I love that so much I don't like this movie I love that line so much to start off a scene and that's why I hate rainbows well I don't blame you with a story like that Mm -hmm. I, I fucking love that what are you kidding me John Lennon Paul McCartney and the other guy's like well Nick Lachey. (laughs) (laughs) I love that stupid scene so much. But okay, 
But before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? Let's take a break. Okay. We will be right back with more of the Pope on Film after this. And break. I will be back. Bob misses 100% of the shots that Bob doesn't take. We arrested these five on Xandar. Apparently, they think they can save the galaxy. What the hell? I look around at us, and I see a thief, two thugs, an assassin, and a maniac. But we're not going to stand by as evil wipes out billions of lives. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. Ain't no thing like me except me. Who are you? We're the guardians of the galaxy. <laughs> Who? Forget it. of the galaxy in theaters august 1st and we're back with more of the pope on film act three money act three act three yes buddy my friend it is time once again for all of us at the pope on film podcast to slowly casually mosey on down to the third and final act and for the uninitiated out there, the third and final act of the show is when we finally and eventually get around to discussing our low-fat, high-fiber, and now made with real lamb's blood movie of the week. And this week, record scratch, freeze. Yeah, that's me. And my life is pretty crazy. Let me catch <laughs> feed. Caption, three weeks earlier. Yes, in an effort to reach every corner of Fred Willard's career, we are discussing the 2006 indie comedy without laughs. I'll believe you. The best part is it leaves itself open for a sequel. I believe you too. Believe harder. Yeah. Very excited about that. But before we get to this box office juggernaut, uh, let's check in on the Fred Willometer to see just how much Fred Willard is in this movie. For those of you out there who aren't in the know, we are doing an entire summer of films featuring recently deceased character actor Fred Willard. And this is one of those movies. And it was difficult to find, but I found it. The reason it was difficult to find is because I think outside of a small town in Florida, 
no one has fucking seen this goddamn movie. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't pick on it too. I, I got to give it like a solid C. It's like a, it, it's like a, it, it's like a, it feels like a student film, you know, like a, like a small time indie film. Yeah. With zero. And everybody who was out of work at the time. Yeah. But uh, Fred Willard pops up five minutes into the film as the boss of an AM radio station. And Fred Willard is always really great as the clueless authority figure or the out of touch boss. And yeah. this is a good part for him. He's funny as the boss who takes things out of the office. But is it worth it to sit through this movie to see Fred Willard's like three or four scenes? Not sure about that. But I, I this movie was like, okay, this is going to be cute, I guess. But I swear at the end of the movie, I was pacing the house just waiting for it to you know, I, I was considering gnawing my own foot out. I need my watermelon. Okay, eat your watermelon, Eleanor. Well, I was I, at that point. I was at that same point. I was having a good time to, to put pointing out all of the time travel plot holes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh. Fred Willard does the best he can with his very small role, and he's fine in it. I also liked Mo Rocca as like the scientist who comes in on the AM radio station and ends up just talking at length about the people who picked on him when he was in school. (laughs) I like that. I like... uh, so let me tell you what this movie is about. This movie is about a man who won't give up his dying uh, job and like your 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 career is a dying field. Why don't you go sell hoses with your brother? You son of a bitch. That's he's making good money. Did you see your brother's pool? Go and, sell hoses, you piece of shit! It's fucking AM radio. And AM. he just, and he decided that this was going to be his life at the age of six years old. I wanted to be Speed Racer or Batman. And he's okay. Like, and he's, that was my career future. And he's like, "Hey, be sure to listen to the show tonight. Your show's at one in the fucking morning on a goddamn AM <laughs> radio station." Fuck you! I'm not going to stay up and listen to tonight's show because I am a fucking teacher. You can see me here teaching class. I'm not going to stay up until like 2 a.m. to listen to your AM radio station, Art Bell, motherfucker. So, Bunny, um, how much did you love this movie on a scale from 9.5 to 10? How much did you love this movie? Uh, I would go like 9.6. Okay. Bunny, would you be shocked to learn that the writer slash director of this film co-hosted a radio show and surprise of surprises, the show was canceled. And so he turned his experience into a lame duck indie movie. (laughs) 
Um, it's fairly obvious that whatever that in my mind, at least this movie was made primarily with favors owed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then maybe he had a budget, but whatever budget he had went into mid card names. (laughs) Yes. So um, Chris Elliott, Mo Rocca, Ed Helms, Ed Helms, uh, Patrick Warburton. Patrick Warburton. Well, you know, he had a bigger part. Yeah. Also, uh, as like the sister who ran some sort of a cult, but they never really talked about it. Uh, SNL's Siobhan Fallon. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not familiar yeah. with her. Uh, yeah. But I, yeah, I really. But she, but she, it looks like a very Ramtha esque cult. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and our boy Fred Willard, and yes. our boy Fred Willard. So so Bunny, because um, no one has seen this film, help me out with the plot, if you will. You do that. I'm gonna let the cat out. So so let everyone know the amazing plot of this wonderful film. So the main dude is a radio show talk, a radio show talk host, whatever. He has a show on I, I Believe You, so you can call up with your strange accounts, Bigfoot, aliens, anything like that. Um, and a woman, he, and we establish straight off that he doesn't get any new callers. They're all just regular callers that call in all the fucking time. So Rhonda calls in saying that she's seen an alien, but she's he's talked to Rhonda like a million times. So, like, he's running this show, and he doesn't even believe the shit, you know? So, I don't even yeah. get why he's running this fucking show. Yeah. But um, now his show is tanking, and to try to get ratings, he's going to investigate and put it on the radio looking for Rhonda's UFO. And hilarity doesn't ensue. <laughs> okay. Hilarity not ensue. No, that is true. A, chub- a couple of chuckles ensued. Then he, then he finds a time traveler. Yeah. That's, that's um, basically it. There are no movie reviews for this film. Wow. So then I said, okay, I'll go on Rotten Tomatoes. I'll find some reviews. Nothing. Okay. Not, not have a Rotten Tomatoes score. So then I said, okay, how about this? I'm going to look for the movie on Amazon. Okay. It'll be there. And they are in, in, in like customer reviews, but like that, that doesn't count. But there's no articles about this in a local newspaper, no Rotten Tomatoes scores, couldn't find any reviews, nothing. As far as I can tell, this played at at um, what was the name of the town that they were in? Melbourne, Florida. Okay. Melbourne, Florida. Okay, so it played at the Melbourne Film Festival in yeah. Melbourne, Florida, and maybe a theater or two. But other than that, that was it, and the movie sort of disappeared. Um, but so there's so there's no in there's hardly any information at all about this movie but i found a connection okay i looked up the director he's 
He's a guy named Paul Francis Sullivan, and he's usually a TV producer. He produced the Bonnie Hunt show, which was apparently a thing, and uh, a History Channel show called Axemen, which I'm assuming is about men who fuck axes. Or lumberjacks. Yeah. Yeah. And a bunch of other stuff. Apparently, people are still out there giving Dennis Miller TV shows. So, like, some Dennis Miller show. But he was one of the original field producers for a small-time TV show called The Daily Show. Okay. That was his first big thing was like, oh, hey, that we're doing this show. That makes a lot show. of sense. Yeah, we're doing the show, and it's called The Daily Show, and he was one of the original people working on the show when it first started. And and so that's how he with got that, With that first fucking blonde-headed guy. Yeah. When it completely yeah. sucked. Yeah, and he would do, a, he would do a, like a... Craig Kilborn? Five, five questions, I think. Yes. Is what he, would do. he would ask people questions and i always liked that because he would always play like the five questions theme was a scene from riccio the story of ricky <laughs> i always thought that that was fascinating like oh man that's riccio the story of ricky um so anyway that's how we got ed helms and mo rock and people like that yeah. so beyond that be, beyond this movie being based on the writer-director's failed radio show, I've got nothing about this movie. I got no information whatsoever. <laughs> but I, It felt like some primitive student film, never written a script before, primitive sort of shit. You know? Like, I hated the narration. It, it had no... But, like, I would still give this, like, airport movie standing. Like, it's not horrible, but nothing brings it to life. Yeah. Yeah. And we're kind of going through the motions. And, and it times, feels very self-aware of itself. At times, it really did feel like... Uh, Holy shit, I didn't know the guy who made Birdemic made a comedy. Sometimes it felt like that, but that's mainly because the star of the film is just... um, To use a phrase from the film The Fantastic Mr. Fox, the star of the movie is a wet sandwich. (laughs) He's just a wet sandwich. Yeah. He's not a great actor. He's like, there's no reason to care about this man. Uh huh. You know, it, it's just. And he was just, in general, kind of a dick. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, he loved this radio show, but like hated his fans, kind of. Yeah. Until he needed them to get some money. Yeah. And save his show and shit. Yeah, and then at the center of the film is like this mystery, and it's like, oh, this person who calls in at the same time for every show, is is he an alien? Is he not an alien? And then finally the person who calls shows up, and it's Putty from Seinfeld. <laughs> and 
And then the mystery is, oh, wait, is he an alien? Is he not an alien? Is he a time traveler? Is he not a time traveler? Will Dale finally get into the hose selling business? Yeah. But by the time you get to the truth behind the mystery, it's like, oh, okay. Why why should I care? The thing that pissed me off the most about this film was like, like I don't like this film. I I think it's pretty shit. Uh, and it was an accident. You guys were just roughhousing. Okay, okay, uh, Eleanor, leave Maxwell alone. Okay. No, stop chasing him. Stop it. Okay, leave him alone. If you want to keep chasing him, that's fine, but I'm going to remove one of your toes. <laughs> Being serious about this, I got to I got to be strict, but I'm not I'm not unfair. I will let you pick the toe. Eleanor, stop chasing him. But first you have to put up a Twitter poll for what toe. The thing that pissed me off the most was that I don't like this movie. I don't like this movie at all. But right at the end of the film, they used a song from the band The Eels. Yeah. And I was so pissed off because like, damn it, I saw them in concert. How dare you use this music? (laughs) Son of a bitch using this goddamn song. (laughs) The last 15 minutes, I was considering gnawing my own foot off. To like escape, yeah. And then they played an eel song, and I was like, "You son of a bitch! How <laughs> dare you? You do not deserve to use this song." Saw him in concert, you bastard! You are a bastard man. So many so- of the scientific leaps just had me screaming. You know, you you don't know it's a date just because we put a date there on one of our fucking plaques yeah yeah i mean it's not it's not like uniform or anything like that that we always put the date at the very bottom of a plaque yeah yeah you could put it at the top you could put it in the middle you could put it wherever the fuck you want so it looks like a date and he's got a date on a plaque on a plaque therefore that's a date on this tablet thing no, it doesn't work like that. And the scientist was a pussy. Yeah. For letting him think that. She should have yeah. bitch slapped him. With science. <laughs> I'm going to bitch slap you with science. <laughs> that's pretty great. That is, that's pretty great. That's my takeaway from this episode. That and how gross it would be to go to the bathroom backwards. Yes. Thank you for that. Thank you for putting that in. Yeah. Uh, But now consider, consider you send this message with your whole plan into the future and you build a, a, a model of a time machine device and you've sent them all your notes, you sent them all your calculations and then you bury this and the guy who's helping you bury it dents it with a shovel. So these people far in the future are smart enough to figure out how to build the time machine, 
from your designs and your calculations, and they think the the dent in it was part of the design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they weren't smart enough to look and say, I "Think somebody hit it with the shovel." I also don't think that it's safe to get someone from 2006 and just go, hey, I'm a time traveler. Want to come with me? <laughs> no, that's not good. Yeah. You can't just go back to the past and pick people up. Like, what is this, Bill and Ted's? Like, you can't do that. Yeah. And he has to get this message into the future so that they start coming back. <laughs> But they're already in the future, so you've already sent it. They're already coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Just your, I mean, that's part of the problem with time travel. Just your intentionality can affect somebody coming back in time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so... And then the whole time loop of like, okay, so Putty from Seinfeld went back to find the plaque and the plaque wasn't there, but then he realized that he was the one who was bringing the plaque yeah. there from the future. But it's like, where did you get the... You got the plaque from yourself yeah, in the future and brought it back so you could put the plaque there for you to get. Yeah. So you left the plaque there for you like, like I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't comprehend that. Yeah. You know what? Next time, just leave a fucking note. Okay. A note would be yeah. so much easier to figure out than this plot yeah. shit. And I also think that a, a large portion of this uh, movie is just fan service for the writer director who was like, yeah, I had a radio show and they canceled it. And so I'm making a movie about a radio show host who saves the future. And in the future, they love his radio show. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to write a movie about a bookseller uh -huh. who saves the planet from dragons because of his knowledge of kids' books. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure, that's going to be real cathartic for me. <laughs> so, at f my my original plan was okay. Let's get some of the bad movies out of the way. So we'll do this weird alien movie without aliens, and then after that, we can move on to Airbud, the Airbud movie where the dog is a wrestler. Okay, but. I really did not like this week's movie. I'll believe you. So I'm just pulling the trigger. Because I really didn't like this movie. Really, really didn't like this movie at all. So to make us feel better okay. from that film, next week, we're just doing it. We're pulling the trigger. Next week, we're doing... Waiting for Guffman. Okay. Waiting for Guffman. It. Yeah. If if anyone out there wants my respect 
and love and affection. All you have to do is just come up to me and say, it's the day of the show, y'all. <laughs> Either that or I'll always have a home at the Dairy Queen. <laughs> I I had a smoking fetish for a small period in time because of of Parker Posey smoking and waiting for Guffman. Yeah. Like that did it for me. <laughs> when I was in like high school and college, like like seeing her just there just I don't know, get a Coke. People come get a Coke if they're thirsty. Like like that did it for me. See now she's she's one of those people to me. I really want to see her make it. You know? Yeah. I really want to see Parker Posey get to a Doogie Hauser level. Yes. You know? Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Um so next week we're doing Waiting for Guffman. It is available right now on the shared cough cough. Uh so that's next week. Next week we will also be talking about My Little Ponies and Nazis. Okay. There's a lot of My Little Pony fans that are also Nazis. This is a thing in society. And it's like, hey, I love My Little Ponies. Here's my Hitler, My Little Pony. He hates Jews. That's an actual thing. And we're going to talk about it. Man, I thought I I had reached my limit with the furry Nazis. Yeah, no. My Little Pony Nazis. My Little Pony Nazis. Yeah, bro Nazis. Yeah, that's a thing. So we're going to do that next week. But now that I'm looking back at this episode, the highs and the lows, I got to say, I think this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast. This has been a damn good episode of the podcast. I I feel the same way. I didn't want to step on any toes. But yes, I concur. Your assessment. Good to sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steve, and on behalf of Natasha and Eleanor and Maxwell and everybody else, I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens. Nothing. We're good. We're good. Skitty-bop-a-doo-wow. Cut and print.